0: Hey, everybody. The Bills lost on the road to the Jets 2017, and now it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Hey, Bills Mafia. It's a rough one, you know. There's always going to be days like this, but uh, this one is just one of those games that it's hard to shake for a number of reasons, but I think what makes things even stranger is watching, basically, Bill's Twitter burning to the ground over this. Uh, you know, we're not used to losing to the Jets With Josh Allen at the quarterback position, so it's a little bit alarming in that sense. But the Jets are good. You know, I talked to a number of Jets fans leading into this week, and it was all kind of random. I just ran into a couple people that were Jets fans, and, you know, I had praised their defense for what they had done this season. And they praised Josh Allen and what the Bills have done, so, you know, we were very cordial. It wasn't this crazy shit-talking like went on with uh, the Dolphins. I'm sure it's been pretty bad in the aftermath, but I've more or less stayed away from it at this point. It got really ugly really fast, and, you know, I just need to walk away from that sometimes because the Bills are six and two. They're still in first in the AFC and everything they're looking to achieve as a team is still in front of them. And they kind of went through a similar slump last season and came out of it and, you know, at the end of last season, everybody felt that the Bills would have gone on to win the Super Bowl. So I don't think they're really too far removed from that goal. I don't think anything has really changed that much and i almost got drawn into the twitter sphere and the sky is falling and the world is burning side of things but i just you know i've been here before i've been a fan of this team for 30 years i've seen a lot worse than a 6 and 2 start but what i was going to say that i didn't end up putting out there was that the bad news is the bills lost to two division teams that are both good teams that have been waiting to beat the Bills ever since Josh Allen took over. The good news is, see the above. Because the Bills have already beaten some good teams in the AFC. They've got some important tiebreakers in place. They're still gonna have the opportunity to win the rematches in these division games. And I would rather them lose to the Jets and the Dolphins when those teams are good than losing to them when they're bad. Because, you know, last year when they went to Jacksonville and lost, like, that's a game where they lost to a bad team and played like crap in the process. Against the Dolphins and the Jets, like, there's a lot of things that happened, and those were winnable games, and the Bills had the ball at the end of the game with an opportunity to win. And that's really all I ask for from the team every week. I don't really expect them to go out there and blow everybody out. I mean, that would be fantastic. But it's not realistic either. So what I want is the Bills... To have the final possession with a shot to win and that's what happened in this game and you know it didn't go their way but that means there's things to fix and I think it was Von Miller that I was reading his post-game comments and you know he's saying something along the lines of losses are, are never fun but he didn't feel like it was a complete Disaster like they didn't do everything wrong. There was positives to take away and that he he still believes in what the team is capable of achieving And I think that is pretty much the general consensus among the team and a lot of the fan base, but you know 30 plus years of traumatic Instances of being a sports fan will leave you with a kind of mentality of They didn't show up to play this particular game they suck, or Josh Allen played poorly, he sucks. And just, like, obviously, overreactions. And overreactions are something that happen uh, basically on a week-to-week basis in the NFL because there's a week between games, so what are you going to do? You got nothing better to do other than to sit there and overreact until they prove you wrong the next time, or prove you right. But in this case, I'd rather have this loss happen now than couple months from now six weeks from now you know I want the Bills playing their best football heading into the playoffs not necessarily midseason. I mean it'd be great if they could sustain their best football for the entirety of the season and just roll on into the playoffs and dominate but again this is not an easy league to win in the AFC East is a tough division I think the AFC East is what everybody thought the AFC West was going to be and there's some good teams there. Even the worst team has a winning record. So, you know, the Bills being on top of that division still says a lot. They are going to have to pick up some division wins, especially if they want to hang on to the number one seed and to the division crown. That's stuff that's going to have to happen. But in talking to my friend Justin, who's a Jets fan, and I was in his space uh, on Twitter before the game started uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, I told him, I was like, you guys got a good defense. You have a good secondary. Watching what the Packers were able to do uh, to the Bills receivers with kind of their secondary and just like play physical, force the referees to have to make calls. It's always going to be a problem. It's been a problem for this Bills team for a couple of years where if the flag isn't coming out on their behalf and the other team is going to be able to get away with it, then that other team is going to do it and they're going to force the issue. And... You know this wasn't exactly like the jets super bowl but it was a bigger game for the jets than it was for the bills and they played as if that were the case and while i didn't like a lot of what i saw going on on the field i didn't hate all of it either i wish there would have been more of an emphasis on the bills trying to run the ball because they kind of got away from that and it was just Allen scrambling a lot of the times on uh, passing situations. But, I mean, he did have a designed run for that uh, nice long touchdown. But the Jets sacked him five times. I think that's maybe the biggest issue. And the Jets also ran for 174 yards. And it's been a theme in Bill's losses in that if Allen is getting sacked three times or more and the opponent runs for over 100 yards, uh, they lose. And so there's some other factors that are pretty common, but among all of the Bills' losses over the last couple of years, he's been sacked at least three times, and the opponent has run the ball all over them more often than not in those games. And you thought that maybe with Reese Hall out, at least I was hopeful that with Reese Hall out, they wouldn't be able to run the ball that effectively, but they did, and they were able to control the clock, and they did what Green Bay wanted to do they got into a position where they weren't trailing by so much that they had to throw uh when they were down 14-3 the jets came back and they put together a really nice 13-play 75-yard drive to close out the half and i gotta give them credit like they did what they were supposed to do uh they they stayed focused they ran the football And they put the Bills supposedly, you know, revamped interior defensive line to the test and the Bills did not do well. And so here we are a year removed from a stretch last season where the Bills were getting pounded on the ground and losing football games and we're right back there. And so now the real question becomes defensive philosophy moving forward. Because the Bills were able to adjust in some of the situations last year when they had rematches. But if you're going to play nickel all the time, you're asking a lot of your linebackers. And you're asking a lot of Terran Johnson as basically a default linebacker in that setting. And when Poyer is out behind him and when Jaquan Johnson is playing and missing a lot of tackles it's it's hard to play nickel and continually stop the run and i mean the bills know who zach wilson is and they've beaten him many times so it's just a little bit more of a surprise to me that leslie frazier didn't maybe load up to stop the run a little bit more but i understand why because they got away with it last week and i think the difference is that matt milano wasn't on the field and when he's not on the field for the bills defense it's a problem I think maybe Terrell Dodson should have gotten that uh, opportunity to play alongside Edmonds instead of the new uh, rookie. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, Terrell Bernard. He didn't even play bad. He had seven tackles, but you know, if you look at the stat sheet, it's Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson and Edmonds that led the team in tackles. So it's like those runs are getting. To the second level and beyond, they're getting to the third level because you got your two safeties up there at the top of your uh, your tackle sheet. That's not great. Hamlin played well though. He had a tackle, tack lo- uh, tackle for loss, eight solo tackles, twelve total. So he's really turned it around since uh, struggling in that Kansas City game. He's played downhill. He's looked great, um, but not having Milano there, big issue, and. They went and re signed Saran Neal, or excuse me, they brought back Dean Marlowe in a trade. And I think that was designed because he knows how to play the system. And obviously, they're not super happy with what's going on at the safety position. And based on Poyer's injury, it's going to be an issue moving forward, depending on how bad that is. But it's. You know, there's some moments where I've seen Jaquan Johnson play well. And he looked good in the preseason. And he's looked good in some limited action. But when he's the starter, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And his pursuit angles to the edge were bad. And he let Michael Carter turn some what could have been short gains into big first downs. And it just allowed the Jets to keep moving the chains. And one of the common uh, criticisms of him was... Well, I mean, it wasn't a criticism of him. It was just the comment section saying, get Jaquan Johnson out of the game and get Dean Marlowe back in there. I think a little too soon just to get him acclimated. But again, this is a game that wasn't like the most important game, but it's a game where you don't want to start developing bad habits. And so defensively, not being able to stop the run, not committing to stopping the run and then getting run all over, um... You allowed Carter to go for 76 yards and a touchdown, even James Robinson at 13 for 48. Wilson ended up picking up a couple of big conversions with his legs and kept the chains moving, and I mean, 34 carries for 174 yards to only running the ball 25 times is the exact opposite of what the Bills did, where... Josh Allen was their leading rusher. He threw it 34 times. They only ran it 22 times, and nine of those were his. And he did have the two touchdowns. And it was a weird game for Josh. I mean, he said after the game, it's tough to win football games when your quarterback plays like shit. So the good news is that he's aware that he didn't play well and that he was making like uncharacteristic mistakes. He made... Some of those mistakes against the packers as well and got away with it and so this was a very similar game to the packers game in a lot of ways um other than just a couple of things here and there like davis dropping a ball that probably would have been a touchdown or at least a giant conversion at the end of the game he dropped i think a third down conversion as well and he only ended up with two catches on five targets for 33 yards so I mean, at this point in the season, he hasn't shaped up into that number two receiver that I think, you know, many uh, fantasy football players had envisioned. Uh, Bill's Mafia, too. I mean, realistically, my goals for Gabe were significantly lower than where the bar was set by a lot of, um, I don't know, experts after his breakout game last uh, last uh, playoffs against the Chiefs where he had four touchdowns. You know, there's a reason that the Bills had Emmanuel Sanders and I think they're trying to find the right recipe with their receiver group right now. But they're also not getting Dawson Knox involved enough. He's significantly behind his curve. Uh, and obviously, you know, he dealt with the loss of his brother and there's some personal stuff going on there um, but he is a much bigger weapon than the offense has allowed him to be at this point and I don't know the passing game to the running backs has not really been spectacular either but one of my biggest takeaways in what I saw yesterday was in comparison to earlier in the season the Bills were getting a lot of protection and Allen wasn't taking the check down like the easy route that's open right in front of him he was having plenty of time to throw and diagnose what was going on and he was you know zipping the ball downfield to you know the third level of the defense with confidence because he wasn't under pressure and so looking at this Jets game like He's under pressure, but he's still looking to make those throws downfield. And I saw some people saying that, like, the Bills receivers aren't getting open. It's like, that's not the case. Like, there were plenty of instances where the underneath throw is there. And sometimes, like, you just have to take that. You just take what's right in front of you, especially on a situation where it's maybe like a 2nd and 12 or a 2nd and 14. If you can get half of that back and get to, you know, 3rd and medium that's a good decision. You don't necessarily have to look to convert a second and 14 uh, on a 30-yard completion. So, I think it's a combination of uh, good pressure from the Jets. They had a really nice edge rush, especially on Quisenberry's side with Spencer Brown out of the game. So, they were getting pressure, and I think that, you know, those five sacks tell you a lot, but it's not just the pressure it's that he's under pressure but he's still looking to get that ball to like Diggs and davis way downfield and that's something that's got to change and i'm glad that he acknowledged that he didn't necessarily play well but you know you've got some guys that have good yak ability and you know It's going to be situational. Like, not every play has to be a first down. Not everything has to be down the field. Sometimes you just need to start getting some completions going, especially underneath. Like, if you take what's open to say, like, Knox on a crossing route or Singletary coming out of the backfield, and you're getting five yards here and there, you're going to end up in more convertible third down situations you're going to end up in more second and short situations where you can take some of those shots on play action and you're just gonna you're gonna be in a better rhythm because you're connecting more often and so in this game you know Allen's 18 of 34 so barely above 50 percent completions in this game and fumbled got his arm torqued and I think that's the biggest concern coming out of this game and in talking to my friend of mine who is the Jets fan, I said, "Yeah, realistically, like I just want both teams to walk out of this game healthy, because I got nothing. Like the Jets loose and Brees Hall already sucked for them, and I just wanted to see the Bills get healthy because I knew that Spencer Brown is out. I knew that Milano's injured. I knew that Poyer's out. Uh, I knew Trey wasn't gonna be back for this game most likely. So." Realistically, I just wanted them to be as healthy as possible heading into a week where they could theoretically get a bunch of guys back. And we've seen when the Bills are at full strength, they're very good. So I'm not super concerned overall. If Josh Allen ends up missing time with this elbow injury, that was a result of pressure and a result of him looking too far down the field, I think. Uh, It's going to be on Case Keenum to step in and win some games and some tough games, but it's also going to be on Dorsey uh, to rethink what their offensive philosophy is because they like going downfield. They like hitting digs on those big plays. They obviously want to get Davis in some one-on-ones and try to go downfield to him as well. But I mean, you don't have a guy like Khalil Shakir and Isaiah McKenzie in the game to run 20 30 yard routes uh the bills have got to for lack of a better term they got to west coast their offense up a little bit and they got to start hitting some of these guys on slants they got to start taking some of the underneath stuff and as much as i don't want to say it especially this week they're missing the cole beasley skill set in their offense right now because cole was very good at getting open underneath 10 yards making a catch and getting down and just making more convertible situations moving forward and I think with a guy like McKenzie he's very good but he's not quite the polished route runner that Beasley was and you want him to catch the ball and keep running but that's not really what you wanted from Beasley you wanted him to make possession catches and set you up for the next one and he was very good at doing that and So it's a completely different skill set, and I think Shakir is almost the same as Mackenzie, maybe a little bit stronger and bigger, but basically the same design, where they're fast, you want to get them yak yards, you want to run screens to them, same kind of thing. Uh, So it's going to be interesting. I would like to see, obviously, like I said, more Dawson Knox involved. I want more run game. I want more Devin Singletary running the football because eight carries for 24 yards is not great, but they're never going to be great if he doesn't get to run the football. And credit to the Jets for slowing the run down, but to all their running... Like, they ran the ball 12 times to their running backs. So, and this is a game where the Bills were up 14-3, to so it's not a game where they needed to really throw the ball that much. And... You know, I, I understand that Josh uh, needed to run on several of those situations because the defense was actually doing a really good job in coverage, uh, despite maybe being a little bit overly handsy, and they were discouraging the run, so that puts him in a position where Allen is going to be the best weapon. And it's another thing with his approach to the game where he used to just like take off and get the get the yardage and not think twice about it now he is still running the ball very effectively but as he's looking downfield and looking to make some plays it sometimes takes uh, an easy gain off the table and especially when you know dealing with a lot of drops I mean he wasn't super accurate yesterday either and we haven't even gotten to the interceptions yet but you know it's this weird balance between like young quarterbacks that typically don't look through their reads and then make a decision to scramble and the ones who are good pick up the yardage but then you still have to progress to being a good passer uh, at some point and Josh has made the transition but he's also still a very skilled runner and he doesn't really ever slide um, but it seems like he's only going to run when there's no option to throw the ball like later in the play i would say like he'll he'll drop back he'll look around he's, he's got some time if there's nothing then he's gonna try to make something happen whereas like sometimes he needs to i think go through his first or second read and just run for five yards and slide but that is not really gonna work too well for them if all of their routes are developing 15 plus yards downfield So that's why I said it's going to be interesting to see how Ken Dorsey wants to kind of pivot the play calling and the offensive philosophy. And that's why I said I think they should West Coast it up a little bit because get some underneath stuff going, see if you can hit some slants and some crossing routes and some short outs, and just, you know, get the ball into the hands of your receivers and start completing passes. And once those short passes start to add up, the deep ones are going to come after that. And I think with having uh, reads that are shallower, you can get off of that quicker because you want to go to this guy, if he's open right away, if he's not, you have probably a second read, but the play isn't designed to be letting you hang in there and go to your third and fourth read. So you may have an opportunity for like, okay, one, two isn't there. I'm just going to run, take this five yards. We'll get on to second down and it'll be second and five. And then you can play action there. You can run from there. You could throw again. Like there's a lot of options. You know, obviously I'm not Ken Dorsey, um, but it is weird today to see Frank Reich getting fired by the Colts and to see such an upswell of support for him coming in and being the Bills offensive coordinator right now. So I feel bad for Ken Dorsey, but the offense has looked a little sluggish the last couple of weeks. And you know what? It's like there's two months worth of tape on the Bills now. So it's a little bit easier to maybe see what they want to do. And like I said, when all those routes are developing downfield, if you can bring pressure on Allen, he's going to struggle because those are hard throws to complete. And he's very good. And Stefan Diggs is very good, which is why they complete a lot of those. But that's still a much more difficult play to complete than, you know, a crossing route over the middle where you can just find a hole in the zone and get it to a guy or you get a man matchup and get a win at the line of scrimmage. Like those are just easier plays to complete in general. So It's something they may want to look at. I think they should. I don't know if they will. But a good example of what is happening happened again on those interceptions. And if you go back and you look at the Green Bay game, pretty sure he threw threw two picks in that game, both rolling to the right, both throwing kind of back across his body. I think one of them was back to the middle. The other one was to the sideline. But like he didn't see the defender. Like, his awareness of the scheme that was out there in front of him just was kind of low. And that's a bummer. Uh, and then to see it basically happen exactly the same in this game was even more concerning. So I understand why people are worried, right? Because it's one thing to make a bad mistake. It's another thing to go out there and just make that mistake again and again and again and again. And it, it just, it looks like Josh of a couple of years ago where obviously they've got some developing downfield, the pressure is coming, so he's scrambling to his right. And if you can get a one-on-one downfield against your, uh, or with your best player, then yeah, you heave that ball up there and you let Diggs go make a play. But if the bracket coverage is to that side and they're flushing him to that side, like the Jets did a really good job of doing, to be honest, they forced him to run to his right like that. And while he's got a bazooka, you know, they're basically eliminating half of the field. And Josh is so confident in his arm that he's trying to force something into a window that's not there. And he's not reading the defense very well. Uh, When the Bills got their first possession in this game, it came off of a mistake, I believe, by the Jets kicker. Uh, I was... In the bathroom when it happened but it was a i could hear it and i heard that the bills had somehow gotten the ball they started their uh their own 45 so they're at midfield on this like weird messed up play and they get down to second and 10 at the 13 and allen kind of rolls to his right and he's trying to just like float this thing to knox kind of like he did in the packers game where he went left and he's trying to draw the defense to come to him and he's gonna just like float it in there. But he just didn't see the defender at all. He didn't see Whitehead at all, uh, and he threw it right to him. And it was a little, you know, annoying, but the Bills still end up going uh, up 7 nothing after um, a touchdown was somehow overturned on the field. And, you know, they, they score on the next play, and they go up 7 nothing. but... It's, it's one of several replays I saw this week where the replay was pretty evident uh, and the referee somehow got the wrong call. So on this play, Allen scrambles. Uh, he gets hit up in the air. He lands with his uh, ball carrying arm on the goal line before anything else is down. And it was ruled a touchdown on the field yet they go to replay they can clearly see that his knee his elbow his butt nothing else is down and they overturn it and so the only thing that they could have used to overturn it would be that the ball landed short of the goal line but there's no clear and irrefutable evidence on the video that suggests that so it's very strange that that happened it happened to cincinnati too it took a touchdown away from tyler boyd even though The replay clearly shows that the ball is in his possession and past the goal line when he catches it. Uh, I know it's a bang-bang play on the field, and that might get overturned, but I think that, too, was ruled a touchdown and then overturned. So it's it's one of a couple of instances of that this week that were very, very suspect— and i mean the bills convert it after that anyway so it's seven nothing it's not the end of the world but it's just a a bad example of like how the replay system and how the officials uh go through the replay system but the jets get a field goal the bills end up punting after that and so it's like first drive mistake second drive touchdown it looks like everything's going to be okay and then they punt in five plays on the next one And thankfully, their defense is good. They end up getting the ball back. They go up 14-3 on another Josh Allen touchdown uh, on a solid drive. You know, nine plays, 93 yards. Excellent drive to get that touchdown. They're up 14-3. And so it looks like despite, you know, maybe not playing their best, they're still going to be okay. And then the Jets answer with a really nice long drive. They ran the ball, connected with uh, Garrett Wilson a lot. Zach Wilson mixed up a, a little bit of run here and there. Uh, Robinson came in and played on this as well. They just they mixed it up really well, and they put together a nice drive, and they scored. And then the Bills got the ball back with 32 seconds. They get into field goal range for Bass, and he misses a 55-yarder. So it could have been 17-10, but, you know, it isn't and Bass doesn't really kick that often so it's hard to tell like whether or not he's gonna have like a kind of good season because he had a good season last year but right now it's like he's not kicking that many field goals and then you bring him out there to kick a 55 yarder and he misses and then the second half like the Bills just came out and kind of stunk they stalled out Uh, Von Miller had a big sack fumble to start the second half when the Bills were leading 14-10 and it like okay finally got something that drive took like more than half the quarter uh when the jets got the ball to start the second half so it was a big play 14 10 got the lead they're at their own 29 at that point after a jets drive that had really you know gone in deep into bills territory It was the third and six on the bills 18 when that happened and they get the ball back and then Allen throws another pick two plays later after getting sacked on the first play, though. He lost seven yards on the first play because they're coming out and throwing the ball. And they just walk right into the pressure, get sacked, and then tries to force it on the next one, gets picked off, and then the Jets score a touchdown to take the lead. Uh, And the Bills were able to manage a field goal drive, but they went 12 plays and only moved the ball 42 yards, so that was a struggle. On that drive, and it ended the third quarter, and they they kicked the field goal, 51 yarder this time, and made it. But you know, this is a drive that ends with uh, Allen incomplete, Allen incomplete, and then they kick the field goal. But it's tied 17-17. They get a three and out, so they get the ball, and there's you know 12 minutes left when they get the ball. But they don't really do much with it either, and they punt. And again, that drive ends with Allen getting sacked, then goes incomplete, then goes incomplete again. So this is a situation where I need them to be running the football. Not just that I want them to be running the football, but like strategically here, you're struggling to throw the ball. The Jets are getting pressure. You're maybe having some drops or whatever, being inaccurate, throwing some picks, whatever. Like You need to make this easier on your team. And so on the first play of this drive, they ran the end around to McKenzie for 9 yards. That's fine. And then he converts to McKenzie on a 3-yard catch. Uh, But then Allen gets sacked on 1st and 10. Then he converts to McKenzie again. He goes up the middle for 2 yards. Then he's sacked again, incomplete, incomplete. I mean, yes, they technically had a run on that play. They technically had 2, because one went to McKenzie and Josh had the other one for 2 yards to convert a 3rd and 1. But... Not once did they try to give like Singletary the ball. And that's super frustrating, especially when Singletary's played so well. I don't know what it is about the Bills' offensive mindset of like, hey, we got a good running back here who really runs hard for us, gets yards, has played in some good games recently. We just don't want to get him involved. Anyway, Bills give the ball back to the Jets there after the punt, and they go 86 yards in 13 plays. And this is a situation where, you know, had Green Bay been able to convert a touchdown a little bit earlier in the game, the Bills may have found themselves in a similar situation to this, where it's just Jets pounding the run. Robinson, Robinson, Carter, defensive penalty on the Bills, Carter, Carter, Robinson, Robinson, and then on a third and five, they finally throw the ball. So this is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight minus the penalty. So seven actual plays. No, eight without the penalty. um, Where the Jets just line up and they ran the ball every play. And not a single one of those, the Bills got a tackle for loss. And so you have to ask yourself defensively, like, what are you doing there? I think... In a, a game where you're tied against a quarterback who you don't believe is going to beat you, you need to force him to throw the ball. And so they did get to a third and five, but he converts it to Mims, and you know Elam Elam had a rough day too. And that was one of those plays where he w- he was struggling. Mims made a good catch, but you know Elam wasn't getting his number called for uh, his performance too often. And so they get to a first and goal at the six. What do they do? Robinson, okay, he gets stopped for two yards. And then uh, Zach Wilson runs for six yards to get down the goal line. Then they get a sack. Okay, third and goal, minus eight. Get that field goal, get the ball back. They've got... uh, They have no timeouts, I think, but they have a minute 43. They need a field goal to tie or a touchdown to win. So really not the end of the world for them, but... You know, first play, called back on a holding. Uh, I still haven't seen that play again, but from what I've heard, it was a very suspect holding call. Uh, And then complete to Davis on a first and 20 to get to second and two. What do they do on second and two? They drop back and pass, and Allen gets sacked for nine yards and fumbles, and now they're in a third and 21. So again, it's like a philosophy issue. I understand that you have the clock moving against you you got a minute 36 left in the game you gotta go quick but on second and two there's no need for that right there and this is the play where he got his arm messed up on and then they go to uh third and 21 and it's not a good throw coming off of that incomplete to digs and then the bills you know Allen gets a heave off to Davis and sauce gardeners all over him is it pass interference i'm honestly i'm kind of okay with them not calling that at the end of the game because watching the replay pretty closely like davis puts his arm out and creates space so it is annoying in that you would hope that the bills can get that call but it's also a play where if gabe davis like elevates to try to catch that ball he turns around to try to make a catch rather than like catching it trying to catch it in stride this is like sauce has no choice but to run right through him and the flag will come out immediately there there's no way around it um but davis like tries to get away with the hand fighting and then the ball was a very good ball by josh allen despite the arm injury ends up hitting him right in the face mask like chin check them um So I don't know that if Davis didn't see it or if he was busy hand fighting or it got on him too quick or whatever, but the ball landed right where it needed to be to be complete. And that's a catch that Davis absolutely has to make. And he didn't. But, you know, they're trying to convert a 4th and 21 after a horrible blunder on 2nd down where they went from 2nd and 2 to 3rd and 21. So, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. It's, it's not any one player's fault. It's not... You know, even if Gabe catches that, there's no guarantee that they make a field goal from there. They have to run up and spike the ball. There's no guarantee they score a touchdown and win. There's no guarantee Allen doesn't throw another pick or get sacked again. There's, there's no guarantees in this. And a lot of things went wrong on that last drive. And for me, it's not so much execution because, you know they're a professional team they're a good team they need to be more prepared to execute but i think philosophically like i need them to adjust when it's time to adjust because i really believe that the best teams make good adjustments and it seems like the bills didn't adjust to what was going on in the first half and they came out and they only scored a field goal in the second half for the second week in a row They only scored a field goal in the second half. And the Bills are a team that had dominated the third quarter up until that point. uh, Last, I think, uh, against the Packers. Or maybe it was going to the bye week. But yeah, there was a point where the Bills in the third quarter were ridiculously good. And now they're coming out here and they're kicking a field goal in the entire second half. So they've scored six points in four second half quarters over the last two weeks. And that's just not nearly good enough for this Bills team. And especially if they're going to you know, be in tight games, that's not going to get it done. So best case scenario, they maybe got the touchdown early in the game and added the field goal. So 27-20, but it's, that's still a close game against the Jets. The Jets are good. I'm not taking anything away from the Jets. They played well. Uh, they were super prepared for what they wanted to do to the Bills. They obviously saw the weakness in the run defense and attacked them there. Uh, And they saw that the Packers secondary was able to, you know, create a lot of problems for the Bills receivers. And I think that was the case as well. So it looks like if nothing else, there is sort of a formula in place to make the Bills offense struggle. And from at least from what I've seen in the last two weeks, they haven't adjusted well to that being presented against them. So Dorsey's got work to do offense got work to do. I really hope Josh's arm is okay. It would be really super shitty to lose that game and then lose him for the season. I know there's a lot of rumors floating around, you know, things might have even changed in the time since I started recording this. Right now, what I see is that it's unlikely that he's going to miss this next game against the Vikings. But with that elbow injury, they're gonna have to run the ball a little bit more effectively. And... I didn't see enough of Hines out there this week. I would have liked to see him get involved in the passing game, especially with the receivers struggling. Get him involved in the run game, get Singletary. You know, just throw out of the backfield. Line one of those guys up in the slot, you know. Get easy completions where you can get them. Not everything has to be a cannon shot downfield. Those plays will come. And realistically, a lot of those plays have come from the Bills having such good balance in running the football. So to throw that out the window and then still try to go downfield all the time is not going to work out. And we saw that. So still 6-2, and two, still first in the AFC, still first in the AFC East. Got a big showdown against a Vikings team that I don't know how good they are because they tend to only beat teams with losing records. Uh, but... You know, they didn't play great against Philly when they lost that game. I'm trying to think, have the Vikings beaten anybody with a winning record? And I think at the time, maybe. But as of right now, I don't know if they have a win over a team with a winning record. I'd have to go back and look. I'm not going to double-check it right now, okay? But anyway, I think that's enough. You know? Misery loves company, but if you're a Bills fan, keep your head up. It's week eight. There's a long way to go. There's ten weeks of this season left. You never know what's going to happen. The Bills ideally will get healthy, and as they get healthy, they will play better. And, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. I hope if you were struggling and heartbroken like many Bills fans were that... The soothing sound of my words was able to help you on this Monday. And to everybody else who just listens to this show regularly, thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. I know there's a lot of Bill stuff going around and a lot of people got opinions. I'm one of them. That's why I do this show. Until next time, take care, everybody. Stay well. Be safe. See you in week 10 for the Vikings. Go Bills. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way too. This show is an extension of com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheist podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe and go Bills.